Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's a beautiful morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. Back with me as always, the return of the king, Brandon Jarrell Newman. Brandon, what's going on? <sighs> hey, Mike, how's it going? How you feeling this Friday? I missed you. I missed you too, man. It's been uh, it's been a weird week uh, not having you to to toss to immediately on this podcast. Here, how are you doing? Is the bigger question. Uh, we have kept everyone up to date. These are the holiday podcasts all week. We're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday for this week and next week uh, as they're being released. We got some, you know, really nice interviews, some pre-recorded stuff with some friends of ours. Katie Nolan, um, as is in her Twitter bio, TV lady, joins us to catch up uh, just in general uh, with her. We thought it'd be fun to just catch up with a friend around the holidays, but we get to do that on a day where we're also catching up with you, Brandon, because we've, as we've told people, you've been in the middle of the move from Kentucky down to Florida. So how you doing, bud? Scarred, uh, dramatically scarred, physically scarred, um, you know, just because I'm a clumsy human. Uh, But it's just a lot. I think there's a lot of logistics around the holidays that are just in general a big thing. And then uh, you're in Boston currently, correct? Yeah. I imagine that's a that's a holiday holiday stopping point for you as well. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the the few holiday stops here. So lots of lots of travel in my week, but none of it with all of my items in tow. Like, okay. Whew, let me tell you about these movers because I, I think I might as well go ahead and I don't think I'm gonna get my money back from American Van Line, so I'm gonna go ahead and put their business out on the street, Mike. 
they mishandled the bag so bad with this. And I know movers can do what the F they want because it's on their time. And I respect that. But they plan. They plan. They plan. They plan. Mike, they were supposed to come pick up between Monday and Wednesday of last week. They moved it to Thursday. When they got there on Thursday, I gave them all of this. I showed them the house. And then they came and showed me the truck that had basically a walk-in size closet. And they said, we only thought y'all had a couch. We uh we we suggest you postpone the move until the twentieth. I said, "F that!" In the most like calm way possible, y'all need to stop playing, Mike. They turned my garage into a storage unit. They just picked up all of our things finally from Louisville, Kentucky yesterday. So they plan to have everything here by Christmas, but ain't no telling. We've been living out of backpacks uh, with two kids and a dog for a very long time in our in in my in laws' house which we're all on top of each other. Uh, currently, I'm in our rental property that has no furniture in it just to record this podcast, but whew, it's been something. So yours went about as nightmarish as a move can possibly go. Like I, I, hadn't, I hadn't mentioned the uh, two-year-old that's turning three in March uh, being on high tantrum alert. Maybe it's the move. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's the, a lot floor, of change. The, the Florida heat. Like there's yeah exactly there's a lot of change going on but like, ooh like we haven't had the parenting talk about like spanking and things we don't usually do we don't do that but closest I've gotten to to give myself some angry turtle fists just to <laughs> you were the angry Arthur meme on this trip I mean this this trip this entire time I'm trying to remember that we're here to uh, celebrate the uh, the. The fictional date of the birth of Jesus Christ for some people. And then, um, you know, there's holidays. It's just a time that is not supposed to be high stress in a bad way. So I'm trying to relax and and just enjoy the family time, which has been nice with the podcast. Mike, I think we've done a good job. Even just two episodes out. I, I said I miss you, but I've been talking to you every day. I really miss the people. Yeah. And like you said, it's. Part of that is that like normal feeling heading into the holiday and it is usually a stressful time of year. I think in a lot of ways now compounding it with a move a little bit different, but normally gift buying, having to go and travel to spend time with your relatives. A lot of people across the country are dealing with very severe weather in the Midwest and the East coast for the next yes. couple of days. Everyone stay safe in the midst of all that travel, like insane low temperatures in the Midwest. Um, insane low temperature drop about to happen on the East Coast, tons of winds. Like it, it's wild out here right now. And so for you to try and add a move in in the middle of what's normally a stressful time of year, uh, God gave his toughest battle to you, his strongest soldier. Amen. Thank you. And speaking of God, why he go ahead and put Christmas on a weekend? Because like Christmas is supposed to be a weekend cheat day whenever it lands. If it's actually on the weekend, I feel like we're getting we're getting cheated. The days are are getting longer now or shorter now shorter you know that? we just shorter, we just yes. so we we just hit the shortest day of the year december 21st the winter solstice is the shortest day of the calendar year so so okay days are, days are coming down they're winding down a little bit i just i don't like it doesn't feel right with christmas being on a saturday it feels very like movie-esque like it's supposed to be well, on a tuesday well, it, what's worse is it's on a Sunday. So, like, in theory, you could have Christmas and then go back right to work the next day. Because it's sort of the opposite of what we always talk about with, like, Halloween, where Halloween is much better when you've got it on a weekend. And yes. 
what we always talk about with the Super Bowl. Honestly, that's kind of akin to this is you need that extra day to sort of process on the back end what happened. And everyone always talks about wanting Super Bowl Monday as a holiday. And so not getting that sort of extra time off in your week because that sort of feels like ro- getting robbed. Yeah. I mean, Sunday's even, like you said, it's even worse. But I'm thinking about maybe hitting up a church or driving by a couple, hearing some Christmas bells, seeing what people's, what the fits look like. And a shout out to Aubrey holding it down while I was actually out, not, not yes. touching the podcast. She did an amazing job. I've been having work dreams since hearing about her work dreams. Uh, you got a chance to see her in person when you're down in North Carolina. So I feel like the synergy around this podcast has been good in my vocal absence. Yes, we've been trying to hold it down as best we can. Everyone put their hands in the pile to make sure that we did right while you were uh, out and away from us. So uh, we're glad to have you back Um, again for everyone listening. um, We appreciate you downloading, subscribing, rating, reviewing all that fun stuff. So again, we'll have today's episode and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday of next week before we return to our regular five-day-a-week schedule programming starting in 2023, which we're super excited about here. Um, We've got Katie on the podcast today. We're going to give you uh, our picks and everything coming up here uh, to Brandon. uh, I'm assuming you enjoyed getting some semblance of normalcy, watching the Jets go out and uh, struggle with Zach Wilson back under center with them last night in their loss to the Jags. Yeah, it was something about it being on Thursday, too, that just felt right. Uh, unfortunately, both those teams playing on Thursday is is good because you can like probably decide if you want to skip it or not. But at this point in time in the season, Jags knocking on the door, the uh, Jets closing the door, talking about Mina Kimes and playoff windows. It's just uh, it it did feel it did feel when I was putting myself back in the saddle. I was like, oh, I know how this horse rides. Yeah, it, it's. It was a slog of a game. Like it was ugly top to bottom. It was pouring rain. Um, Trevor Lawrence probably going to be getting the rubber pellets from the turf out of his personage for the next week because you know how that goes. Those Man. like little rubber pellets inside the uh, the fake turf in the field. The minute you go down on the ground the way he did, he was picking them off his face. They were probably down his shirt down to every nook and cranny in his body. And it takes so long to find a way to get those out of your being and then out of your shoes, especially. Those little bacon bit tire uh, tire pieces, because that's what I understand them to be, is just like rubber tires broken down into bacon bits spread across this field. Mike, that stuff gets inside you like corn does. Like I've had some days after a turf game in, in uh, up at West Point with the Army where I was like, is that? Is that turf in my poop? Did I ingest oh. this? <laughs> Out here eating turf, brain. Well, I mean, you and Trevor Lawrence then have that in common because he ate a boatload of turf last night. Um, so it's a reminder to check your poop for turf. Um <laughs> Brandon, the big moment of this game, because the Jags were really, you know, in control most of the time. It was 13 to three at halftime, but it felt like even more than that, just because the Jets offensively were constantly moving backwards. And we've talked about it. The offense has a bunch of things that have been an issue for a lot of this season. Even when Zach Wilson was originally benched, the offensive line hadn't been performing well. But that same offensive line somehow looked a little bit better with Mike White at the helm. I know it's been different defenses. It's been different teams. But with 331 in the third quarter, they benched Zach Wilson in that game. He ends up completing 9 of 18 passes for 92 yards and a pick. 
Um, and listen, he had to throw up some punts in really bad down and distant situations here. You can question maybe some of the play calling in those spots too, but the bottom line seems to be, it's just not working with Zach in New York. And I think now that you've introduced the idea of forget it, just the idea of being Mike white, use Mike white as a proxy for any other quarterback that you could try and go out and get. You've already seeded so much doubt in this situation, and we know with New York especially, it's so difficult, and then you compound that with the fact that the defense on the other side is as good as it is. I just don't see Zach Wilson working in New York, and now the question and the tough part becomes – what happens next for the Jets and what happens next for this regime? Because usually when you pick the quarterback as high as they did, that's the one that your future's tied to. But Rob Sala's come in and done the thing where the most damning thing usually for a head coach is when, if they were a coordinator before, the side of the ball that's their specialty fails. When you see an offensive head coach who can't get the offense right, you see a deep. Rob Sala has gotten this defense right. They are back in the place where people expect this defense to be with the kind of talented players they have. He's aced that side of the quiz. It's the offensive side and specifically picking the quarterback that's become an issue. And so I can understand, you know, he's done the job in there, but the most important job in pro sports is picking the quarterback. And it seems like they're going to have to cycle through to the next one and figure this out. Rob Sala tried to say after the game that you haven't seen the last of Zach Wilson, but I would imagine we're getting close to seeing the last of Zach Wilson in New York, especially once this year is done and gone for the New York Jets. I just can't see them trotting him out under center next year and expecting anyone around to buy into that. Yeah, or anyone around the league either, Mike. I think we're a little bit – we're getting done with the, okay, he can't start here, maybe he can start here, because I think the locker rooms are watching from afar – if that makes sense. And I think the day that top five quarterbacks are the answer to your problem to solve your offense is are over. I mean, I think that's, I oh, saw a tweet I, you talk about, go ahead. What'd you say? What I the said the say? days of, of trying to pick off somebody else's top five quarterback to solve your offense's problem are over. What did you see the tweet that said? Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the tweet, but it was the one about the, all the playoff, uh, all the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs this year and what year, what round they got drafted in? So I'll say this. Does it, is, is the, what is the, what is the theory on this, that the quarterbacks in the playoffs this year were later round draft picks or something like that? The major, the majority, but it's, it's going through per- per- perpetuity, like all the way into obviously Tom Brady being a six round pick. It was, it was like everyone's status over time. Yeah, and and I guess the thing I would say to that is we tried to do that in 2017 when you had three of the four quarterbacks in the final four uh, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Three of those four quarterbacks were backup quarterbacks by that point in the year, and everyone had this conversation of do you need to pick a quarterback in the first round? And the answer is still yes, more often than not. Like, we can try and do this where you act like the league is people – I mean, people try and act like the league can be quarterback agnostic. And at a time right now where we're seeing, you know, run games start to pop back up, I think to compensate for some quarterbacks that did not quite pan out, that the eval did not match the actual on-field production for these quarterbacks, it's understandable to maybe try and throw that in there again. But I still think, to your point, 
I still think the quickest way to overcome so much of your ills is at that position. Ironically, the team across the field from them in Jacksonville is a testament to that. Trevor Lawrence is so good that now that they have just gotten competent again in so many areas, they went and spend, they brought weapons around him and all the things that you're supposed to do. There's still a ways to go with that. The defense is improving, but probably still has other things that they could add to that. But Trevor Lawrence has come on and it's clearly clicked for him so much in year two that we look at that franchise in a completely different light. And so I still think the path to changing that quickly is landing the surefire prospect. But Zach Wilson is a reminder of the danger of only focusing on the upside traits with a player and how we do grade. The Jets got that eval wrong. They got the eval of not only... They did. And well, it's also about knowing what you as an organization can handle. And I feel like that's the difficult part for so many organizations is do we have the people in the building that are going to be able to pull the best out of this player? And that's usually the hubris that leads to these guys getting a million chances as first rounders. It's someone else looking at that situation and it's going, well, you know what? I'm such a capable coach. I'm going to be able to get that out of them. And guys with that kind of talent always get another chance. And I don't doubt that Zach Wilson will. Yeah, but also you got to think about where he landed as well. Like the Jets, there's something to a team drafting the way a team finds success, if that makes sense. Like back in the day when I used to play Madden, I used to love an auto draft based on your team because they would take a similar quality quarterback or a similar – they would rebuild your team in the draft based on how a team is set up. For the Ravens – would always go linebacker first round, then running back, then uh, interior D lineman. Like quarterbacks, one of the last things that they handle. Like it's often a Brock Osweiler or Jared Goff that gets picked up in an auto draft when you're playing with the Ravens. I feel like the Jets, they don't have an identity. Like there's no, there's no, uh, but I think they do now, right? So I think going back into the draft now, they can realize where their strengths are in that. Maybe they don't need a Zach Wilson type player in the draft to to win the locker room. Maybe they need more Mike Whites. Maybe they need more Brock Purdy's. This is you know third round draft, uh, third round draft pick. I'm sorry, I got a call from my father in law. This is like real time. <laughs> Good. Go, oh, I thought I thought you had to answer it. I I, I I am about to go do your thing. Do your thing, 21. All right. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, again, I, I still think a lot of the same points hold about it's, you know, what you look for in quarterback play and what you value uh, in those top areas. And when you look at that 21, 2021 draft class, across the board, it seems like a lot of really good picks so far. And it seems like a lot of people that are contributing outside of Zach Wilson. I think I saw the Levitard show account uh, tweet that top group uh, of players involved in that. And so it's, you know, I don't know Zach Wilson wish him. I wish him well because of the number attached to his name, he's going to get another shot. But I think the situation with the jets uh, has gotten untenable. He is so clearly become the hot button part of this with a team around him defensively that seems like they're ready to take that next step. So tough one for the Jets, especially because they were one of those teams that was in that playoff mix in the AFC. This is certainly a decided step back as we talk about the Chargers who vaulted themselves into six last week and the Jags who now have a very, like the Jags are going to win the the AFC South. 
Like you look at the stretch of games they have coming up, finishing with Tennessee, who is now without without uh, Ryan Tannehill in that last game of the yep. season. They're going to win the division. The Jags are going to go to the playoffs, and our good friend Emerson Lazio over at the Sweat on DraftKings is going to absolutely lose his shit, and I can't Duval. wait for it. Brandy, you know what else I can't wait for? What? Our picks. Let's get them to the people and then get them to Katie here. Uh, you guys know the drill. Six thick picks, three college, three pro heading into the weekend from me. Brandon's got stocking stuffers for you since we missed him last week. Um, on the year, uh, I forgot we didn't go over at the beginning of this week, uh, 44, 50, and three, uh, four and two week last week, clawing back into it. So let's see if we can keep riding the wave uh, for bowl season. Very A little more limited slate of games uh, in bowl season this weekend, Brandon. I got Wake Forest minus two and a half over Missouri. I got Middle Tennessee State plus seven this weekend. And I got Houston minus seven this weekend uh, as well. Houston taking on Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, you know, regression year for Houston and uh, Louisiana Lafayette, both teams a bit underperforming. Wake Forest going up against a Missouri team that I believe is going to be down some dudes on defense. And Middle Tennessee State plus seven against the San Diego State Aztecs, that same uh, that same um, Middle Tennessee State team that took down the Miami Hurricanes this season. So um, go that. And then the NFL route, uh, we're going to go – Cincy minus three against New England seems like stealing with what that New England offense looked like as of late. Um, Philly plus four and a half versus Dallas. Minshew mania. Let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle yet again. The Philadelphia Eagles entire offensive line pro bowlers, three starters in Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson and Lane Johnson and two reserves as well for the NFC side. And then Lions minus two and a half versus Carolina. The Lions have covered in each of their last seven games. They're on a tear. They're a team that really has no margin for error if they want to make the postseason down this home stretch. So that's the six I got uh, for the people, Brandon. Very, listen, at this point, I'm drunk off the Lions stuff. I, I really am. Yeah, it's so yeah, exciting to see that this team become the team we wanted to see them be when we were all watching hard knocks and feeling good about the stories being told and the way this team seemed to attack their business. Now they were actually attacking other teams in the same way and having a, like, we always talked about like how hard they played as mm -hmm. this metric for judging the lions. We don't need that anymore. They've got a legitimately great thing they do in offense. Now struggled a little bit last week against a really good Jets defense and Carolina certainly has some solid defensive pieces as well. Frank Ragnow, their center has been a little bit banged up this week. Carolina's got Derek Brown in the middle. All those things are factors, but I just think at the end of the day, what Detroit's managed to do finding, like you said about the Jets, a legitimate identity in their offense changes the way that I can look at and count on this team versus Carolina. Who's just been too much of a roller coaster for me. Uh, even if they do put eight alignment on the field at once. Uh, so, Brandon, those are mine. Uh, do you want to stuff our stockings? I, I would love to, Mike, and I would love to give you four picks to even out the two picks that I didn't give you last week. Okay? Let's start off with the Seahawks. I know it's been up and down, but I believe in Geno. I believe in the divisional rivalry. I believe in the uh, Seahawks believing in themselves, and they love their tests against Patrick Mahomes. So it's a big line. Seahawks plus 10 versus the Chiefs. Like the Seahawks. I think they can keep it close enough. The Chiefs are still figuring things out and near the playoffs. They kind of – they're a little the bit Chiefs more technical than they are splashy with the, when uh, near the playoffs before they actually get to games that really matter. 
they've been playing with their food, and they're just not a team that blows teams out right now. And so mm. once you once you let the Texans hang around and take you to overtime, I have questions about your ability to blow anyone out by this amount anymore. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's nuts. Um, staking, uh, staying with another, mm, mm, whatever. I like the Commanders plus three against the 49ers. I don't know why, but I think it's one of those games. Like we get Brock Purdy has to come to life a little bit. I'd like the Commanders defense a lot more than uh, I realized, and um, I, I like I like I like a little weird game. That's my weird game of the week. NFL gets weird sometimes. You're one that points this out, and maybe uh, instead of the October weirds that we talked about with you, maybe this yes. is a little bit of holiday consternation that works its way in. Amen to that. Amen to that. Eleven games on Christmas Eve, uh, which is just bonkers. Um, which is on a Saturday. Next pick: Browns minus three versus the Saints. I think that's safe. I, I'm a little bit confused by the line. I, I it's not a Deshaun Watson conversation. It's more the Browns and what they're doing. They're kind of like the little sister Bengals right now. When just like they're. They're doing things. Nick Chubb is finally running the ball again. I just, I just think it's safe to say that the the Browns were at least cover against the Saints. Yeah, and I mean the Saints team has been wildly disappointing for so much of this season. The Browns, you know, this isn't about this season for them, but they still can tote that rock. Um, you know, I just realized too, since you mentioned Christmas Eve is on a Saturday, is. Actually, you could spin that as a big win for people who may not have jobs where they can get time off as easy, where now all of a sudden, because it's on a weekend, they could spend time with their loved ones. Different way, like different different way to think about that, so it actually affords more people the opportunity to enjoy the holiday. Okay, okay. I like that. And all for the people that are – Christmas isn't a great time. Like, I've been thinking about widows and things like that, like really sad time for certain people. Maybe maybe the weekend brings a little joy into the holiday again because like, everybody loves Saturday. Uh Everybody loves the weekend. Anyways, Christmas Day, now that we're here, Mike, one of the three Christmas great Christmas Day games will be Aaron Rodgers, who I think after this game will be the most winningest, at least the most uh, decorated Christmas Day player, uh, hopping over Ben Roethlisberger, who has played a bunch of games on Christmas as well. Um, and the Steelers are, are playing on Christmas again this, this year. But Packers... Minus three and a half versus the Dolphins on Christmas Day. Mike, I know we flipped that at the last second. I talked to you about it. You said you like the Dolphins plus three and a half, but there's something about Aaron Rodgers right now and him still thinking that he's alive that is scary, in my opinion, for the Dolphins. Like, I believe in the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a better team, but the Packers are trying to rev the engines up a little bit, and they may have enough fumes. They may have enough fumes. Packers plus yeah, Packers plus three and a half is interesting. I, I don't know, man, especially after seeing the way the Dolphins ran it down the Bills' throat in that game. I just look at a Packers defense that's been so disappointing this season, especially relative to the amount of defensive talent that they've amassed in the draft. And so I looked at that and said, all right, if you were able to do that against a legitimately good run defense, could you take the air out of this? The game's going to be in Miami, so it's not going like you have to worry about a lot of the weather impacting anything that the Dolphins want to do with this right. offense. So I've, I, we've said at multiple points in this podcast, Aaron Rodgers has still been quietly playing some pretty good football as the receivers have started to get up to speed as the row lines gotten healthier. I think Bakhtiari 
showed up on the injury report this week, which is always a concern. But defensively, it's still underperformed so much this year that I, I still have worries about that. But with Aaron Rodgers dialed in, you've always got a shot of something wonky happening uh, with this team and win this with this game. So uh, Green Bay plus three and a half for Brandon. You got one more to round it out? That was my four. Oh, that yeah, was uh, four. Yes, Seahawks plus I, – I, I said minus, and thank you for cleaning it up. Seahawks plus 10, Browns minus 3, Commanders plus 3, Packers plus 3.5. Them's the picks, baby. Them's yeah. the picks. All right, um, keep track of those. Go out there and make yourself some money this weekend here. We're on a little bit of a late-season surge. We're going to try and rock and roll with that thing. We're going to take ourselves a quick break. Uh, Brandon, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. Everyone, everyone listening, have a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We hope uh, everyone, regardless of what you celebrate, is enjoying time safely with family and friends. Uh, stay safe if you're traveling this weekend amidst all this weather. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk to our dear friend and Christmas pal, Katie Nolan. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic Research, development, and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Whoa. What's that's everybody? The, that's What's the first, everybody? That's the first time I've screwed that up. Wow. <laughs> You're really excited to talk about this. Oh, I know. What's everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, is Brandon Newman. Brandon, how you doing? I'm, I'm Hi. Good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Well, Brandon, uh, these are the holiday podcasts here, uh, as we will instruct people before the end of the week when we start doing these, that we're taking a little bit of time off. We've pre-recorded a bunch of these fun podcasts with people that we enjoy uh, for you guys to listen to while we're off doing Christmas stuff. And so, to help us out with that, we have back one of your favorites, one of our favorites, our dear friend, Katie Nolan. Katie, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. I don't know what we're going to talk about because I haven't been paying attention to sports all that much, but um, I'm ready and excited for all well, of it. Well, I mean, um, do we get to talk about the thing? What thing? I mean, yeah! Oh my God. Yeah! What thing? Yeah! What, thing? <laughs> what could you possibly mean? Congratulations. Oh, oh my thank you. God. You didn't know. Your face says you didn't know. No, no clue Brandon, I like come on. this is great yeah oh, i actually when i was thinking about doing this i was like oh i bet brandon's gonna be so happy because oh i feel God. like you've just been so supportive of the love that i have in my oh, life and now he's gosh. my fiance oh uh, so for the people uh, that aren't watching on youtube katie's got mm. her big fat rang on and she's all engaged Which I, now. I just got back today i just got it back today that i got it resized and I didn't know that that means they take it from you. And yeah. so um, they took it from me on, I think, Tuesday of last week. And I just got it back today. I felt like I was without my powers. Like I felt like uh, just irregular again. And I was like, <laughs> like I went to all these places and I was like, don't let this fool you. I am spoken for. <laughs> I know my <laughs> finger is bare, but I, this is. Uh, so, yeah, it's back speak- and I think it fits. Speak on that that power that the band gives you walking oh, no, around. Just like, like I don't know, it just felt like um, it's very silly and archaic, and I probably won't be proud of expressing it this way. But like, course. it just fe- it just feels it makes you feel like oh my god, I somebody somebody was like you forever, and it just feels kind of I don't know, it just oh, feels yeah. nice. It's very sparkly and really pretty. Yeah. Um, and my favorite thing about it is that my my I guess fiance now Dan picked it out with the help of my best friend Hannah from college they like Mm -hmm. FaceTimed I guess about it and I didn't know what I wanted because I've never thought about a ring before and um and she nailed it it's uh gorgeous and perfect and uh and I just I don't know it just means a lot to me Oh, that's well, like it's awesome when the people that know you know you well enough to be able to yeah. pull something like that off. Yeah, it was perfect. It is perfect. It's great. So, I'm happy. I, Can I ask how it happened? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we went to we do this thing where we because, you know, Dan works 
almost every weekend and all the time. Um, and so when he gets a weekend off, we will get, let me move this microphone. We'll get an apartment. We'll get somebody's house. We'll rent an Airbnb, somebody's house, usually in an area that's like in its off season. So a lot of times we'll go to like the Hamptons during the winter and just get a baller ass mansion. And then we'll just stay inside for the whole weekend with our dog and play video games and like cook food for each other and just like watch movies and stuff. And so this time we did it, not somewhere that things weren't popping off. We kind of went to like a place where people go. So we went to the Catskills. It was in October. I think it was Halloween weekend. And we got this awesome house. And um, the first morning there, we woke up and Dan went and got us breakfast. And then he was like, let's all go for a family walk. And I was like, oh, can't you just take her? I don't really... (laughs) feel like it. (laughs) Uh, I just would rather, I'll just drink my coffee in here and then you guys go for a walk and then we'll reconvene. And he was like, no, come on. There's probably like a path in the woods and we can go for a walk. I was like, okay. So I'm in my PJs. I had this, I mean, this isn't really relevant, but I had a massive pimple in the middle of my forehead. One of those ones that's like under your skin and hurts and is like a mound. Mm -hmm. And so I had a hat on and I was like pulling over it because I was like, oh, I hope Dan doesn't notice how gigantic this thing is. And so we go for this little walk with Myrtle and we go down to this creek that's in the backyard of this place. And uh, it was really sweet. It was so sweet that I took pictures. I took my phone out and I started taking pictures of Dan with Myrtle because I was like, this is a lovely moment. And I want you to remember this moment always. So take some pictures and really enjoy this. And then come to find out. So we get to the top of the stairs walking back from the creek, which is again, right in the backyard. We really didn't even go for a walk. And uh, we're at the top of the stairs and, and you know, Myrtle had done her business. So I turned to like go back into the house and Dan was like, Hey, I love you. And I was like, I, lo- I love you too. And I turned away again. And he was like, and I, and I, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And I was like, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And I turned away again, like, let's go inside. And he grabbed me by my shoulders. And I was like, what's up? (laughs) And he was like, can you just stand still? And then he went to reach into his pocket. And I think, like, I blacked out. I think I, like, looked away and was like, no, 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 no. What? Is this happening? What? And he got down on one knee and he, like, opened the box. And I think he said, will you marry me? And I think I just went, oh, my God, like that. And then um, he was like, you uh, have to say yes or no. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then he, you know, stood up and we probably smooched. I don't really remember. I was just like, ah! <laughs> it's so funny because you think about, you watch when people, I mean, you know, working in sports, we've seen people get proposed to at numerous sporting events. And you're just like, I wouldn't do it. Like I would handle it like this. You have no idea. Cause when it happens, the only person who knows it's happening is the one doing it. If you don't know, you're just like, uh, I don't know. Unless you have the presence of mind to be like, I'm in that moment and I must act in the way I thought I, you're just kind of like, I think the first thing I said was, but I don't have any makeup on. (laughs) It's like, what? I don't care. And so it was perfect. It was just absolutely perfect. You answered my question too of did you have any idea or not? Because a lot of times when it's stuff like that, I feel like people when they're asked to go do an activity they wouldn't normally do like that, that kind of like tips something off. And I appreciate that you just had no earthly idea that you thought this is just a walk with the family. No clue. No clue. In fact, I would say that when we were driving down to do this trip, it started off with like we had both had like a stressful morning on our drive down. This was the day before. And so we kind of had like one of those little, you know, you've been dating for a long time, tiffs. 
where like you just at each other and then you both are like, sorry, sorry, whatever. And you move on from it. So like I wasn't in the mindset of like lovely romantic weekend where the two of us are doing something weird and different. It was like, we're just doing the thing we always do where we go relax in someone else's house and then they have to clean it up when we leave. Um, And so, yeah, maybe I should have been tipped off a little bit to it. We had just celebrated our three year anniversary. Like, I think I knew it was coming. I'm, I think I was kind of like, if it's not coming, we need to have a conversation. Uh, but um, but no, it was a, it was I was very surprised. It was lovely. And then what was extra kind of lovely is that like I didn't have that much service. We didn't have a lot of service up there. So like I I told the people I I wanted to tell, and then I just um I like didn't really have to do. I didn't like announce it. I didn't really do anything with it. I just kind of got to spend the weekend and enjoy like being engaged. Um, and it was and I still am. And it's uh, awesome. Oh, man. I, well, I mean, first off, congrats. Like, Thank you so much. It's infinitely cool. And that's all impossibly sweet. And like we had we had heard you joke about, you know, feeling like yes. this moment was coming here pretty <laughs> soon. But for it to still come in that way is pretty incredible. And Brandon, like for you, who's on the other side of this now, like what was like for you all of that anticipation of the moment, like what Dan was going through in this? I, it's very odd to be in that position because I don't know how Dan is normally, but I'm very much like a defensive person in my life as well. Like not just the football field, like I'm a read and react guy. So to to have a plan, to set it into action, to run the play was mm. very like not comfortable for me. Um, but I, I do want to say, Katie, like I'm so uh, I, I'm I'm so happy and thankful and, and grateful that you shared that with us, but uh, especially that it's you in little motion. sweetie pie. Well, it's, just, you it's, little it's in motion pie. because, like Mike said, he was like, "You said that you were expecting this kind," of, and I'm like, "Okay, uh, Dan is a comedian. I hope Katie gets what she wants." And like, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, and it and, doesn't always happen that beautifully. Like, you could be like I my know. dad who leaned over to my mom in a car and said, "Do you want to see the ring?" I love that. That's very, that sounds very on brand for your dad. And your mom is the chillest woman alive that she was like, sure, let's see it. Depends. Yeah. Like, Do you yeah. want me to judge you on the ring you picked out? Because right. uh, if I don't like it, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna say, listen, we can have an I'm honest just, conversation. I'm just glad Dan didn't do it at a sporting event. Deep down somewhere, oh, yeah. I was terrified that he would somehow misunderstand, miss, and be like, "She loves sports. She <laughs> loves, um, you know, being on a big screen. Maybe it would be the best thing to do." I was just kind of terrified because, you know. If you've if you've followed my career, I've many times spoken out against that. But like when you start dating someone, you don't think they're going to go back and watch your back catalog. So it's entirely possible he had no idea. And then I'd be stuck in a situation where I'm like, the answer is yes, I do want to marry you. But because of the stance I've taken very publicly, I think I have to say no right now and then say yes. Pro- I don't know what I w- I've thought about what I would have done if he did that. Wait, oh, did you didn't do that? What would you What would you have done if he did it? What if you're sitting there? He had taken you to Fenway, and you were like, let's say no, you no. waited to do it during like, the baseball season, God, and he took you to it. Fenway, and up on the jumbotron, it says Katie Nolan, "Will you marry me?" Heart Dan on the screen, and then you look to your right, and he's just sitting there with the uh, with the ring on one knee. I so in my head, and again, this probably wouldn't have been what I actually did. But in my head, I was like, I would say to, I would like lean over and say to him, like, I really wish you hadn't done this here. The answer is yes, but I'm not. I can't. I'm not doing this right now. I don't mm. want to do it like this. 
And I just would have like given him a kiss and smiled and sat down and then just <laughs> hoped that everybody moved on and nobody needed some sort of resolution on that uh, and prayed for the best. But man, I would have been, it would have been one of those things where it's like, ah, it's hard to be mad at someone mm-hmm. for doing the thing you wanted them to do, mm-hmm. but it's like, not like this, but yeah. he did it perfect. So we don't even have to worry about that. He even Googled what knee to get down on. There's a oh, specific I knee? I don't think so. But he didn't want, just in case, just in case, he didn't want to be wrong, which I think is um, the absolute cutest thing on earth. So uh, I loved, I guess it was the left. I don't know if that, I don't know. That's a, what that's it, a big dude's rock moment means. for me. It's just like, yeah. hey, like, I don't want to get this wrong. Google yeah. can tell me everything. Might as well. Are you trying to figure out what knee you went down on? Is that what you're doing well, right now? You're, trying trying to think, though, you're looking at like a layup line. <laughs> I'm trying to do the science of, for one, I did my trusty left or or or. Yes, yeah, so I right. watched you do that. We all Yesterday. saw you do that. And then I mm-hmm. put that knee down in my brain and then mm. thought about like the, you know, opposite. Like maybe it has to do with having the the ring in a different hand. I don't know. Anyways, I'm glad you got over it because, and also I'm glad the ring is what you like too, because that's a hard part too. Cause there's a lot of suspense. There's so many choices. There's a lot of ways oh, yeah. to make the ring look and I have no idea about any of it. So I love and, it. And traditionally you take your, you like go get your fiance, uh, fiance to be sized. And that's why I, tell like, you know, all, I told all my last, I told my last three boyfriends when we first started dating what my ring size was really? just at the very beginning, at the very beginning to be what like, so that there's never a time where you have to ask me. And then <laughs> I realize that you're trying to get to the bottom of something. I'm just going to let you know I'm a four and a half. So you can just Ooh. toss that down in your phone and then uh, you have it if you need it. That's no a pressure. pretty great life hack. You know, it's just like uh, I, I had to- I'd been told because I was like, uh, you know, on TV, they give you clothes and stuff. And sometimes they'll give you jewelry. And when I was on my very first TV show, Crowd Goes Wild, the woman was like, you have really small fingers. And they were struggling to find rings for me. And then they did. And they were like, just so you know, or any of your future boyfriends know, you're a four and a half. And so I never forgot it. And so then from that moment on, I told them, hey, I'm a four and a half. So nice. Wow. TV so preparing people for marriage. Just in case, just in case they wanted to surprise me. They didn't have to do anything with the information, but they just have it, you know? Like, I keep a Google Doc with their sizes and all the things they need in case I ever need to get them a present, right? So, I figured they do the same for me, which is probably- do you really? Yeah, I have like a note that's got, I mean, I probably have ex-boyfriends in there that I should probably delete. Um, But yeah, I keep a note with like his um, frequent flyer numbers and his- you know, yeah. TSA pre-check number and his, you know, official like birthday written out and full name written out and his mom's address and all his sizes of his shoes and his hats because he has a big head. He wears a size eight. Oh, my That's God. A I, know. A big dome. I know. I know. I have a, I thought I had a big head. What do you got? Seven and three quarters? I'm like a seven and five, a seven and three quarters, depending oh, on the you sizes know. are so funny. I'm glad it's just a round number because I would never remember if it was like eight and one fifteenth, you know, but it's, it's really dumb. I'm a seven and one. Got a big eight. It sucked. It was yeah. not great Why does when it footed suck? hats were a thing. Because it just, well, no, yeah. there was, it was hard to find. Very yeah. Eight, then imagine an eight. Yeah. That's big. That's big boss stuff right there. And great to like think about. I feel like over the course of this year doing podcasts with you, we learned a lot about your note taking style. So this shouldn't be overly right. surprising. Yeah, I write a lot of stuff down. Unturned. Yeah, it's also because my brain doesn't retain anything, and so it's like if I don't put it in a note, I'm never going to remember. So. so you were never going to be like like I always like it, like. 
I'm always in awe of waiters or waitresses who are able to just no scope the order and don't have to write Weirdly, it down. Weirdly, that I can do. Weirdly, that I did. A thing I'll always remember about anybody if I meet them and drink with them is like what they drink. Huh. It's just like, a, I don't know. That to me is easier because there's less choices. Like it's not as many numbers. It could be anything. Numbers are mm-hmm. infinite. But like mm-hmm. there's only a couple kinds of alcohol. It's like an know? astrology sign for you. Like, I guess, yo, you're yeah. such a Taurus. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're such a you're such a gin with a tonic back. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Totally. Yeah. So that's um I don't know, that's all about me. What about you guys? <laughs> well, I, I before I know people who are lonely uh don't want to continue to talk about this, but how did your parents take it? Oh my god, they loved it. I my favorite part was finding out that he had asked them. And I didn't know he went to drop Myrtle off when uh, one time that I was away for baseball and he had to go to London and he went down there and dropped Myrtle off. And I guess he told them and they my mom, I guess, like slammed her hands on the countertop and was like, yes, (laughs) made me happy. Uh, And he had also he called my brother and he was like, well, I didn't ask him, but I told him I was going to do it. He's like, I wanted him to know I was going to do it. And so and and then he told me just like the sweet advice my brother gave him. And I was like, this is all just. I don't know. It was just like a lovely moment where I just felt the love from all the people who love me. And I, it meant a lot to me. But we can talk about other stuff now. Well, I, I, no, had, a I, was, similar, I had a similar experience. I called my wife's brother and I talked, called her parents and things like that. But the part of it that stuck in my craw, and I still I'll talk about it today, uh, <laughs> I, I, I proposed and she was like kind of that all in, in all moment, like didn't really say yes. Like you have to remind, like, are, are you accepting this? Like, oh, yeah, yes, say the yes thing. <laughs> And then, Katie, when I told her that I had already asked her dad, that's when the waterworks came, came mm-hmm. and I was a little mm-hmm. offended that she didn't cry off rip. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, like, you stop <laughs> it. Oh, cut it out. Is it maybe that's oh, ego? It maybe to be it's fair, ego, she's known her dad a lot longer than she's known you. Okay. So. All right. And also as a caveat to, as you said, anybody who's lonely and listening to this, I'm 35. So like this didn't happen for me early in my life. I'm not like some spring chicken who's like, I'm... I'm so happy and fr- like I waited. I did my. I took my. I took my. You know, licks. I hate that word, but you know what I'm lumps. saying. Like I, I, I went through same thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, dongs or whatever you call them. You know, I had a couple <laughs> bad dongs along the way, but oh, here man. we are with the dong I'm gonna love forever. So some of us had to lick some dongs along the way. That's right. Oh, some of us did. Others God. of us, you know, didn't. So anyway, what um, what did you guys want to chat about? Well, the conversation I originally wanted to have with you when we were getting ready to come on air here was one that I feel like all of us, especially like from the work from home era that we've been in for a while, are really in tune with sweatpants. And Brandon Mm. and I were having a spirited debate about rich people's sweatpants. Mm. And he showed a picture. It was Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James. They were at their son's basketball game. Their two sons played each other the other night. And it was weird on a lot of levels because it's like, oh, these guys have like kids that are almost adults Yuck. now that are yeah. It, that part, Unfair to us. Very uh, rude. Yes. Rude, rude, crass and offensive. But mm-hmm. then Brandon showed the picture of them talking and they both had on like rich people sweatpants because they're rich and wearing them. My mm-hmm. whole question is, is like. I don't feel like rich people are always wearing the. Yeah, I don't think they're always wearing expensive sweatpants. I think that they're wearing sweatpants from anywhere. Outdoor sweatpants. 
Well, I think because they're rich, we assume they're rich people's sweatpants. But like I went to Target earlier today and I saw a sweatpants set and I was like, oh, that looked really nice. And it's because they were beige. And I feel like my dumb brain was like, oh, huh. beige is a nice color. And I feel like there are certain colors like black like that, too, that can trick you into thinking sweatpants cost a lot more than they do, because as long as they're clean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so I have kind of a, 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 an interesting take on this because, as you know, my fiance's good friend is Mike McDaniel, who's mm. now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Yes. And um, we went down to Miami to see the Dolphins play. Oh, boy. Who did they play that day? You know, the game didn't matter to me, so I really don't remember. It was. It'll come to me. If I really thought about it, it would come to me. So anyway, we went to see them play a game. And then afterwards, we went back to their palace um, and we're hanging out. And Mike changed into sweatpants and he came out and I was like, you look nicer than you looked before you changed. What the hell are these? What is this look like you? I In my head, when he was like, I'm going to go change into sweatpants, I was like, oh, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm not embarrassed, but like my sweatpants are covered in dog hair. They've got mm. those little pills. Most of the time I'm like, they need to be de-pilled or whatever. But I'm like, oh, he's going to really like let it all hang out. And it was like, no, no, because rich people's sweatpants are like more structured than, like than the, the sweatpants that we wear. So like they were like a perfect leg taper and it like almost looked like they were tailored to him, which to me sounds crazy but may actually be i don't know to rich people may actually be like a um that's okay. a thing they do so uh, uh huh. yeah but i just remember being like damn that outfit is nicer than it looked before and he essentially gets to wear his pjs to work anyway because if you see him on the sideline he's got his you know he's a very comfy coach he sure is and he's very stylish and he's got a big old watch just That's what I noticed. Like his watch. rich person thing is having mm. nice ass watches because the rest yeah. of the outfits like team issued gear and he throws on a pair of sunglasses because it's, mm -hmm. it's Miami. Like I felt bad when they played the Chargers and Brandon Staley was over there because they're both young, nice coaches. But Brandon looks kind of like a nerd and McDaniel looks like a really like cool Miami guy. I think it was Cleveland. Oh. I think they played Cleveland. I think. Ooh, is that's a tough look for Stefanski time? too. Uh, no, I'd met him before, but only because okay, so um, you had you had mentioned that game before, and I was thinking maybe we can go into the archives and find. No, we went to the. That was when we went to the Jets Dolphins. Yes, that was yes. when my now fiance, then boyfriend, made me go to that in division matchup, uh, and I was just like, I couldn't care. I want both. I want them both to lose. Yeah. What do you? Why am I here? <laughs> the at a stadium where the traffic sucks. Like this is just a terrible. But you know support and love and all that yeah, it was still a, a cool experience but yeah we went to miami and this was on the heels of like a weekend where we did new orleans uh nashville to miami and we like flew into miami that morning and then flew out that night and so i had not slept and so i was just it was a, a whirlwind experience that's why i don't remember who it was because i really wasn't paying attention but it was the oh. day that the vikings had that crazy ending to that game Oh, I remember wow. we were watching that as we were leaving and we thought it was over like three different times and we kept catching it on TVs Bills. on our way out. That was yep. wild. Vikings Bills. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. Dear God, that many cities and that was that like was that like Dan for work? Was that just you guys deciding we you did, wanted to rent wedding. fun houses and all those spots? We had a uh, we had a Thursday wedding <laughs> in New Orleans and because it was a comic. So like at first I was like mm. a Thursday wedding. I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense because they you know work on the weekends. Right. Uh, and then Dan had shows in Nashville Friday Saturday and then uh, Sunday he was like, and then we can just hop skip and a jump from Nashville down to Miami. Which at the time when he was planning it, I was like totally and then as we got closer i was like so we're gonna do what now we're gonna go we're gonna go where for how long um but it was awesome but when we both got home we just i think like slept for two days it's wild oh yeah that's too much playing entirely yeah, too especially much for a lady that like once baseball stopped i'm an indoor cat like i have not i don't really go out and that was a lot of going out have you I like mean, recovered this- from the week to week grind of that like have you flexed back into wanting to just kind of be like you said a house cat i mean like i um i think my default is house cat i think we've talked about this too though that like i have to be cautious because my depression tells me to be a house cat so i have Mm. to know when it's like good for me and when it's actually just me giving into the toxic things that my brain enjoys for me um so yeah i think like it's good. I've been trying to put a little structure into my house cat life. So mm-hmm. like instead of just figuring out my day as I go along, which is how I normally like to do it, I try to now give myself tasks and schedules. It's just really hard. I kind of realized the other day what it is specifically about this time in my life that's hard is that I have a million things to do um, like – administratively, like laundry, uh, vacuuming, dusting, reorganizing, packing, finding an apartment because Dan and I want to move, planning a wedding I haven't even started thinking about, all those tasks that like I stink at and hate doing, I have a million of them. And creative things to do, The I have to do one big thing, which is decide what I want to do, and then I can do the creative stuff I want to do. But I hate making the big decisions. I like making the little creative decisions. So it's like I have all the types of tasks I like creatively, but they aren't creative. And then the type of task that's easier for me, but it's hard because it's a big decision in a creative venue. So I'm just kind of in this world where like I do like six chores a day and then journal to try to figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, And so it's a lot. You know, but God bless medication. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Big ups to medication. Mm -hmm. Big ups to medication. Because making chores tolerable in the midst of all that is a difficult task. My war against laundry on a day-to-day basis. Like it, I, I watch, uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys watch Rick and Morty at all or not, but yes, of course. there was yes, the, uh, the scene in the pickle Rick episode where they're talking to the therapist and she's talking about maintenance and how mm. there's no way to do any of these. So things so bad, you might die. I constantly find myself like repeating that in my head as my laundry gorges over the very, <laughs> I made such a mistake because I live in this tiny apartment now. And so I bought a tiny laundry bin because I also have a tiny washer dryer. And I figure, Um, all right, I'll do these things incrementally, forgetting mm, who I am and how I operate. And that's so funny how often we do that late in life where we're like, I'll be, I'll just be different here. And you're like, no, you won't. You're still you. I even, I still do that when I pack for vacation. I'm like, oh, I'll bring this little dress and I'm definitely going to wear that. And then I get down there, I'm like, who packed this? I don't dress like this. Why is this here? Katie, I was going to ask you how you, how you packed for that. Nashville, New Orleans, Miami trip. It was hard, but I nailed it. Well, it was easier because the wedding was a wedding. So I knew Mm. that I really just needed to bring the dress for it. Um, 
And then Nashville, I didn't really go out. I just went to dance shows. So that was like sweatshirts. And it was weirdly cold in Nashville that the days that we were there. And then in Miami, I mean, Miami, what sucked was that the end of the trip was when you wanted to look the most put together and Mm -hmm. the nicest and like uh, the most fashionable. And so I just saved um, a very expensive pair of jeans that I got during the baseball season. And I wore those knowing that the label on them might make people think that I had my shit together in a way that I don't. And it worked perfectly. People were like, I love those jeans. I was like, oh, thanks. Acting like I had multiple pairs of $1,100 jeans. And I do not. As the only single pair of uh, over $1,000 pants that I own probably for the rest of my life. But it sure seemed like I'm that lady with expensive bottoms. So... See, it. Brandon, that's so when Brandon and I were having this conversation offline, we said clothes are kind of like calling in a pinch hitter for your confidence when you need it or when you're mm-hmm. depleted in other areas like that, because it immediately sends that signal that you just talked about there. Like mm-hmm. you hit on my whole point with rich person sweatpants is every once in a while, if I'm having a down day and I throw on like a nice pair of shoes so that an old lady will give me a compliment, that's <laughs> immediately the lift that I need. And so that's what you've got. It, I'm glad that you like brought that full circle because mm. that is exactly what I was trying to say to Brandon before and I couldn't find the words. I will say it's very demoralizing though when you see how nice even your butt can look in really nicely made jeans because you're like, man, you're really telling me that if I want to live like this, I got to buy jeans that cost this much. But when you put them on, you're like, I have an $1,100 ass right now. Like this looks, I feel fantastic. They're tight where they're supposed to be. They're loose where they're supposed to be. And you just walk around like, ooh, ooh, ooh. It just feels different. But, you know, I I, I, I can't, I don't know if I can get, I don't think I'll ever get over that. Like I've been making money now for a little bit and I'm still not like, sure, just get me six pairs of d- designer jeans and it'll cost, you know, twice the rent. Crazy. I think that is one of the most dangerous feelings in the world, though. And I would say man or woman is feeling like you got a nice ass. Because mm-hmm. every once in a while when I find a pair of pants and it hugs in the right way, and I, like, I'm not extra, like, I'm not quite like white man pancake butt, but I'm not extraordinarily caked up. Like, I was in a football <laughs> locker room for a long time. I've seen caked up dudes. Yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. I'm not that, but every once in a while, I'll get a pair that'll fit just right where I got like that yeah. nice little shelf back there. And mm. just like you said, I walk out into public and I'm kind of looking to see if someone else is looking to see if anyone yeah. else notices what I notice because the mm-hmm. feeling is phenomenal. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's different. But look, it's it's too expensive. It's just too much. It's not sustainable. But for that one second, you're like, oh, okay. All right, capitalism, it, whatever. But it, it is the handshake of feeling confident because of the outfit and then getting confirmed affirmation from someone else, like mm. a stranger. Mm-hmm. Like I was the in the best. mall the other day. I just start wearing these. I'm going to take them off and show you. Oh, Is it sneakers? Because when somebody compliments my sneakers, I walk on air for the rest of the day. Well, well, I hate these. I, I have Hoka's. Are the, they're like running shoes, but they they fix my back. Like they're so comfortable. I have to wear them. Dad shoes. That's grown, right? That's grown, right? Exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> do you I have, have insole have inserts or whatever? I they sold me on the insoles. Yes, nice. I did the yes. I did the heat map when I was at the store. You deserve that. I know. I know. I know. It's perfect. It really is. I just went on a walk in the neighborhood. That guy got his commission that day. Oh, yes, he did. He went to he went to Emory College. I I I shouted him out. Um, (laughs) 
he's gonna do. Okay. Anyways, all uh, right. <laughs> sure. Anyways, so I have I have like only one outfit that's like has other tints of green that work with this. I wore it to the mall the other day when we were just like walking around uh, with with my family, and this uh, effeminate young man complimented me in a way that. I could have been floating after that, honestly. Like yeah. he, he just he was like, he said, well, I like your outfit and your shoes. And I said, I, he was standing next to two other people, and I thanked them all. Like I was like, thank you guys so much. You guys have a great day. <laughs> I just wanted to say to all of you as a group that I love you. I love you so much. It was so what important you- to me. Like in a day, like I'm 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 un these shoes are ugly. I, I try to put an outfit around them because that, and then just to get complimented on both, it, it meant it meant a lot. It meant a lot. See, see, this is a good reminder as you are out and about this holiday season. Anyone who's listening to this, look at how far a random compliment can go. Really? Like, if oh. you just like, I, I know people do the random acts of kindness thing all the time. Like. Don't even think about it like you're doing some like larger societal good. Just like go and drop that in someone's lap, and then you get the dopamine hit of watching them mm-hmm. react to it. Watch them walk away on a cloud. Watch them take that in after the fact and let it let you feel good. You can make it selfish. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. I usually huh. do it, uh, especially if I'm like out, like back in my life when I used to go out, I would do it in like the girl's bathroom during day drinking. I'd be like, I love that hat. And then just leave, you know, like it didn't matter to me. I just wanted her to know that I love that hat because if it were me, I'd probably be freaking out. Like I shouldn't have worn this stupid hat. I look like a real idiot in this stupid hat. And so I just go, hey, cool hat. And then, you know, let her let her shine. Girl on, hats queen. are a very like like interesting accessory because I feel like mm. there's a lot of pressure that comes with it because yeah, like we I, just I wear dumb baseball them out. caps. Yeah, no, I can't. You guys even have ornate those, hats. I, mm, it's not right. I've bought a couple. I've tried, you know, but like it's the entire time it's on. I'm like, is it on wrong? Is it on oh. wrong? Is it backwards? What, is everybody looking the, at me funny, wishing I took my hat off? <laughs> what about the Ed <sighs> Hardy days? I didn't. I didn't touch that, you know. Those hats that existed, those existed. That? No, I oh, remember. Man. I've tried yeah. to forget, um, but no, I didn't breach the. I didn't go in, or like Von Dutch. Remember the trucker hats? Oh yes. Yeah. God, I, I don't. That wasn't what a for time. Me. I will that say, I'm me. glad you confirmed something that I believe for like a long time, which was what's that? The girls' restroom at a bar is like the single most positive place on earth. Um, it's not always, you know, be the change you want to see in the bathroom is kind of my motto. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I try to lift others up, but I don't think it's always necessarily like that. It depends. Depends on on the on the vibe, on who you got in there and what's going on, honestly. Yeah, that's a fair point. About the it's about having the right teammates. Yeah. I know you said you haven't paid attention to sports much. Did you digest the Xander Bogarts thing at all as a Sox Holy fan? Holy cow. So, like, look, I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming right away. But the weird thing about working in baseball is that now if I were to say I know it's coming and then people would ascribe some sort, like I have some sort of inside information that I clearly Mm -hmm. don't have. Or if I, if I ended up being wrong, which would be a good thing for me, which would mean that the Red Sox kept Xander Bogarts, then people would use it to discredit, like, oh, you said they wouldn't. But just like as a fan of this team who has followed this team and as a woman who has been told she's a priority to a team before and then been let go, um, I knew where this was going. (laughs) And I watched a lot of insiders 
say the opposite. And like every time I said it to my group of friends, I was like, look, he's we just have to prepare ourselves. He's gone. And Devers is probably gone too, especially now. But like every time I said it, they were like, I don't know. It's looking good. It's looking like it's going to close. And then Judge signed with the Yankees. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll stay. Maybe he won't leave. And then he left. Um, And boy, is it tough for somebody who, after the Mookie Betts thing happened, was like, yeah, I'm going to take a break from this team. Um, Mm. And I did. And then, obviously, last year worked in baseball, fell back in love with the sport as a whole, and was like ready to get back into my Red Sox fandom. That was my whole childhood. And then this. And it's just like put me in this place where I'm like, what does it even mean to be a fan now? Like, Mm. who do I – if like – have you ever heard people say like you're you have loyalty to laundry where it's like with yeah. the way free agency works now it's like what are we just rooting for the and so like part of you is like yeah my identity is in this team because this team represents where I'm from and then another part of you is like yeah but I don't know these guys in the front office at all and I don't agree with what they're doing at all and they're charging a lot of money for us to go to games like socks tickets are not cheap and I get it that like Fenway itself is an attraction. And one of the best things about baseball is like, even if you don't care about what's going on in the season, because it's a million games, just like a summer baseball game during the day is awesome. It's just like an awesome thing to do. So I get it that they can charge that much. And I get it that like, oh, the parking can't be convenient because it's in the middle of the city. But all those things come together and you're just like, man, the average person who just wants to support the baseball team in the city is just like getting knocked around financially and then like you get emotionally attached to these guys and then just watch them walk away to go to a team that didn't need him it's just a lot you know yeah to a team that's essentially got like three of the same guy now like what are we doing that for why do they get to have him what's up so you know go socks and um and and we'll get through it or something. But like, what a what a frust. It's just very frustrating. It's just very frustrating. I wish Xander Bogarts nothing but the best, and I hope he knows that many of us love him very much and will miss him very much. Well, I think that's kind of like the thing about fandom, right? Is you just want somebody in the process to love the laundry the way that you love the laundry. And players can go out and express it every day. Like they play very hard for the team. You see the effort there. All you see from the front office are these moves. And if they're constantly sending you this message that like, we don't really care that much about how you guys feel or what you're attached to. Like, we're just going to kind of do whatever works. Like eventually you're going to drive people away like that. And like I saw Carabas having a full blown melt bla- meltdown I mean, and smoke like five cigarettes at once. <laughs> I was very worried for him and still am. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it would still be. Yeah. But like, but, his, like yeah. It, but then sometimes ownership does that thing where they act like they, 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 what bothers me is when they play into that emotional attachment. Like for example, and it's just recency example, like the Cubs, this year at the trade deadline, everybody thought Contreras was going to move and Hap was probably going to move. And so they had these like big emotional goodbyes and they had like, this may be their last game with the Cubs. And like fans were having this conversation about like, we love them. They should stay. We want to keep them. And then they 
stayed. And so it was like this really confusing thing where the team played into this idea that they weren't going to go and gave them these goodbyes and then they stayed. And it just kind of put into focus for me how emotionally manipulative it can be to be a sports fan, to like constantly have people going like, no, no, we care. And then like watch them not care and then have them be like, what do you think? We don't care. And you're like, well, you don't care. You don't care. It's a business. And I get that it's a business. I'm not an idiot. I know it's about making money. But I also know that there's a point where like you've got a lot. You've got a lot of it and you don't need infinitely more of it. You just need to just pay them and like let us have the people that we like for a while. Well, I let think us you, have you brought fun. up a really good you bring up a great point about just fandom in general and like what it means and like what are we even doing here? Like I think the Cleveland Browns fans are probably going through that with Deshaun mm, Watson. Did. Not mm. only him being the the mo- the highest paid quarterback with the most guaranteed money, but him coming back and, you know, obviously having to work out some rust, he's not doing so well. I know you say I haven't been paying attention. He's back, he's playing sports, and he's not doing so well. And it's like, okay, what are we doing this for? Like, mm. it, it's just it's just nasty. And I, 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 as, I don't have any, like, embarrassing things about my fandom, but I do recognize that, like, it is laundry. It is like an area code. Like, I'm, I'm rooting for an idea. Yeah. Yeah, and a community. Well, you got there's a community too. You know, you've true. got like your yes. your sports fan friends, and it's also like, what are you going to love a sport and not love the one that's got your the team that's got your city across the front? Like, of course, you that's where your connection to it is. But I just feel like as I get older, and maybe it's because of what I have done for work, I'm kind of like more of a fan of the sport than I am of my team. Um, that's something I've like wrestled with over the last, I don't know, eight years of like, well, now that I'm here, how do I define my fandom? How do I relate to my team? I can't be a homer. Like I have to cover that all of it, but in my heart of hearts, like I, like the whole, um, the Yankees thing, like, I'm not going to betray the tiny little Red Sox fan in me and just like love on the Yankees. Like I'm not just going to be nice to Aaron Boone. Like I can't, I can't do that. Like, so there's, it's this weird, like, you know, push well, and pull of being a sports fan. I think part of it is like muscle memory of we've spent like, he's like kind of like you said about knowing your, you know, dad a lot longer than you've known your spouse or something. In a lot of cases, you've known your sports team a lot longer than the rest of the teams you're starting to cover. Like mm. growing up a Notre Dame fan, like I did rooted for them against all else. They had the ability to ruin my weekend. It's the one place in sports where I'm kind of like everyone else where I actually have a team. I care about enough to let hurt me. And then when you go through and like you said, you cover it more, my thing. And I think this is always why you see sports writers. So deferential and people that cover sports. So deferential to players and arguments against ownership more so than fans is just proximity. Like now I go around to all these different college. Like I went to Michigan this fall and got to walk around the campus. I hated Michigan as a player. I hated Michigan <laughs> as a fan. I hated everything about them. They're shitty drivers. I think maze is a bad color. Like all these things above, Okay. And I walked around their little campus and I was like, this is actually lovely. And it's so mm. much like the thing that I love. And then you interact and you see the players and the team and you talk to coaches there and you start to realize like, oh, wow, there's a lot of good things about this. Mm. And now all of a sudden it kind of shatters that you know illusion of what you thought and what you dislike so much. And so, I don't know, you just get closer and you kind of appreciate the general things. Like I love meeting people 
like guys that are my peers that I could have played with and meeting someone like, oh, they would have fit in really well in our locker room or a coach. It's like, oh, I would really love to play for that guy. Like, I like what he stands for. I like the way that he teaches things. You start to just recognize the stuff that you realize was more important to your fan experience than mm. just the outcome of the game or the color being worn. Yeah, the Yankees didn't change my mind at all, though, just for the record. <laughs> you did kind of say a nice thing about Aaron Judge at one point on this podcast. I, I feel did. like you went that far. That he yeah. hit a bunch of home runs? Is that what I said? Dongs. Okay. Dongs. You, you are, and, you are, and you are more glowing in your descriptions. But yes, you, you said it was, you know, you, you talked about how great of a feat it was. And it was a great feat. Yeah, that, as a person. He's not, he's a person. He's not the Yankees. I mean, he's back there. I really didn't think that was going to happen. I really wanted him to go to the Mets just to watch that. Like, Ooh. oh god, so fun. That would have been so fun. But no, he's a Yankee oh, again. Man, what so about Verlander? Different. Where's he now? Where's he? He's the a Met. Yeah, I love that. I love he's that. Oh, I, I love, love that. I root for anyone getting out of Houston. <laughs> Roll Tide. Have you? Uh, has not has like being away from sports after the fall kind of like changed anything about your relationship with it? Have you found yourself like wanting to go back to anything specifically, or have you kind of enjoyed not having to care about it? It's been like a um, it's it's more been like I don't put in the effort to find out about stuff anymore. Like it's it's less about not care. Like I'm still I get like notifications about baseball stuff, but like Twitter kind of went to shit a little bit and uh and that's so that's different so i spend less time there and that's usually where i was getting all my information like watching people have conversations about the stuff that's happening Mm -hmm. and now i don't know if you guys have noticed but a cool new thing about twitter is when you click on a trending topic it'll take you to a bunch of tweets that aren't even about that and if they are about that they're from like three days ago and you're like this is not he took all the stuff that was already working and he broke it like i don't know why and i'm sure there's like reasons that make sense but it's like i never had to worry about that and i always felt like i don't know for as an example this is not to i don't know if we have any yahoo ties on this podcast but i always feel like i think dan's email is yahoo so when he goes to go into his email it always has those like top stories but they're always from like four days ago so i make fun of him for that because he'll bring something up and i'm like that was four days ago who cares (laughs) and on twitter four days is a lifetime like stories were old within hours like the thing i always think about is when gritty uh debuted the very first if you were there right at the beginning the very first reaction was like this is weird and bad and then a bunch of people anti were like no no i'm actually in on this weirdo and it happened really quickly because that's how stuff happens on twitter but now twitter's run like yahoo and i'm like this was days ago why is this trending right now this doesn't make any sense that's such a relief. I thought I was getting gaslit and it was just me no. where I'm like, oh man, like it's just a bunch of random tweets. Like, and I'm seeing not tweets from people keywords. I don't follow. I'm like, what is this? What, what is keywords. this mess? What is this? So yeah, that sort of contributed to the like, oh, it would be harder for me to keep up with stuff. And the keeping up with stuff is is hard for me in general because, you know, I'm not a I'm not good at keeping up with stuff. And so it was just like I kind of relaxed that muscle and let whatever information comes to me come to me. And I've kind of enjoyed that, you know. And then I'll watch like watch a lot of 49er games because, it, you know, Dan's 49ers fan. Watch a lot of Dolphins games. Um, I've seen a couple Pats games, but I'm just kind of like, um, I don't know, I'm kind of being apathetic to it. Uh, to give myself a a break from it, so that when I fix, so that it doesn't cloud my judgment on what I should do next. I think that's my main mm-hmm. thing. 
But it's also not, you know, clarifying my judgment. It's not like doing that has made me go, oh, I'd like to do this. Instead, I'm just like, I don't know, watching a lot of TV shows and um would you consider laundry. I, would you consider ayahuasca? Mm. <laughs> hmm. Maybe. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. I, I want to... Is there anything as the stuff like slowly seeps and hits you? Is there anything storyline that hits you like, mm, I would really like to spend a couple oh, hours yeah. figuring out how I want to make fun of this? So there was, this is so, uh, this might be very niche, or I don't know, maybe it was a big thing. But there was obviously a conversation about Russell Wilson and does he have the locker room or not? And I saw a tweet from somebody that said, like, many people are talking about whether or not Russell Wilson or for the people that think Russell Wilson might not have the locker room, his birthday party, he invited his team, whole team to his birthday party. And 50 percent of was it 50 percent of the team showed up. And I read the tweet and I was like, man. What's fascinating to me is I can't tell if this man's saying that he does have the locker room or if he's arguing that he doesn't. And then I started thinking like if 50% of your team shows up to something, is that a W or is that an L? And it's really an interesting question to me because I feel like 50% is a lot, but it also is like, it depends on who the 50% are, I guess. I don't know. And I was like, this would be a fascinating discussion to have about whether or not this is proof that people like you or proof that people don't like you. And he also mentioned that it was their day off and used that as an example for why they wouldn't come. And I'm like, what? If my birthday party is like work to you, then I don't want you coming anyway. If this will work, this isn't a meeting. This is my birthday party. So I found that whole thing fascinating. It, this is one of those moments like I always feel tremendously validated when someone I like and respect is interested in something or like cosigns an opinion because I thought the same thing. I had no idea. That was a Rorschach test for Twitter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this subject. Because people see- were responding to it like, see, I told y'all they love him. And then other people were like, <laughs> wow, that's embarrassing. Only 50%. Like people were have they were in their own worlds responding to this tweet, like did not care what the actual point was. Well, like, and I feel like, especially given the age, because that was the thing that I pointed to, which is Russ is like in our general age range. And if I invited a full group of adults my age to a party and Mm. 50% came, I'd be thrilled because people have kids and lives Mm. and things to do. And so the fact that 50% of that group of people would choose to do that, that seems like a pretty big win. But then I think if I invited... The staff that works on a show that I would work on, like let's say the always late staff Uh, to my birthday party, and 50% showed up, 
Granted, it was a small staff, but if 50% showed, if like three people showed up or four people showed up, I'd be like, huh. Well, see, I am not well liked by the staff of my show. See, that to me, like the size matters. Cause like if this was a basketball yes. team and this yeah. happened, I think yeah. a totally different conversation based on roster size. Right. Yeah. The NFL is like 53 plus 13 on practice squads. A lot of dudes. It's a lot of people. But then you also wonder, did he mean 50% of 53 or did he mean mm. like 50% of, mm. I don't know, less than like, I don't like, know. It's well, are we, are we talking practice squad? Did they get invited to like, where does team, and like what's let me, the let me tell you if you're a practice squad guy and you didn't go eat Russell party. Wilson's yeah, that's rich crazy. ass stuff that's the other thing is that like you got to imagine a bunch of them are just going because they want to be around Sierra so like even that you. you're getting a Sierra bump and it's still that's, only 50 percent no that's what I'm saying I think 50 percent trust your instincts that's a lot of people from a football sure. team that's a lot of people. And sure. thinking about how the fact that 40% of those people just want to be celebrity proximity to Sierra and see this new space that Russell Wilson is is uh, living in, in in Denver. And also, the off day does matter. Like, it's not mandatory. You can do whatever the hell you want. If I don't want to get out of bed because I just lost another game because this guy is at the helm at quarterback, no, I don't want to go eat his cake. Like, I, I think that's, <laughs> there's a little bit to it that – People yeah, I were, guess so. That, that's a lot I guess of so. I, I wonder if Russ had a good cake. That's also you know like, he didn't. You know he didn't. No, it was it's, terrible. It was probably, you it know was he too didn't. Rich. I just feel like I don't know if a guy. If you're, I don't know. I would go. I would go just because I feel like I'd have to go. I would go because I wouldn't want to have to face him after having not gone. It's also probably a situation where you'd call a bunch of your teammates and go, "Are you going?" Mm-hmm. And then based on what they say, because if you don't want to go, but everybody's going, you're going to go. Okay, so I fifty percent just kind of doesn't. How fake what? is it to invite the whole team, anyways? Like that seems. Yeah, that like is kind of like asking, inviting your whole class. It's like you're yeah, not like required like, to do this, Russ. You can invite just the people you like. No, like, but it, to me, it's like it, isn't the criticism of him that like if you want to get a hold of him, you got to reach out to like his agent or like a manager, like a go between. So it's like that to me, inviting the entire team. Even if you end up with 50%, whether or not that's good or bad, inviting the whole team is the red flag because it's like you don't have some people that you're close with and then others that you don't know. You just invite everybody's on the same level to you. I like the idea that the birthday party invitation, because a lot of locker rooms either have like a bulletin board where they put stuff or like a TV that's constantly rotating. Like, here's our schedule for today. Here's what's coming up. Like, here's the drug (laughs) test forms. And then here's Russ's birthday party. It's at this address. And then you miss it the first and then you miss it the first time. So you got to wait around for the next time and get down (laughs) his address because you haven't been there before. And it's just very uncomfortable. I don't know. It's. I, I almost was said, it his main birthday party or what, did he have like a football birthday party and then like a birthday party? Mm, I think it was his main birthday party because he had it at his house too, which is the other thing. Like I'd, I'd go just the, to see the house. It's got twelve right. bathrooms. Yeah, I'd go just to see the house. Yes, I'd poop in a and bathroom Sierra. he doesn't use very often. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I'd poop in a bathroom he uses every day. <laughs> Get dunked on. Yeah, I <laughs> would establish just, dominance. I would, yeah, I would claim my property. 
Uh, yeah, I would go just to see the house. You got to go just to be like, whoa, cool. Like just from as a, from a lady who spent 20 minutes in a in a head coach's house, just seeing how many different mm. uh, dairy products they had was fascinating. Just seeing how their uh, uh, pantry was organized was fascinating. And the way that like all of their things are hidden. It's like hidden door. That ask is, you. It's all beautifully designed. And you're just like, ooh, ah. You know, I, I think with rich people, what I'm always looking for is, do you have anything on tap in your house, whether mm. it's like beer or coffee or anything? Do you have a tap somewhere in your house? Huh. Do you have the rich person pebble ice? I know you can get that like yeah, in machines yeah, for yeah, cheaper, but yeah. I generally associate that with the rich. And then mm. which of your memorabilia do you prominently display? Because mm. I'm sure as a coach, you get a bunch of stuff. But what did you deem important enough to try and let me know you've got going on in your life? So I, what I was told in during my tour was that uh, he didn't want to like go crazy with it and put uh, a, a memorabilia everywhere. So there was like a couple things that I probably should have remembered exactly what they were that clearly mattered, but it wasn't like an overwhelmingly – and granted, they were still, I think, getting situated and like right. moved into this house. Um, but man, what a house it was. Mm. Damn. Shout out, to, shout out to Mike McDaniel. Having a nice just house. Just a, a cool dude. Just like, just cool in a way that I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. You're just so yeah. cool and rich. Yeah, like we want the Dolphins to do it. I mean, not to do it. Like, I, I like him a lot. I, I wanted to dislike him. Even Why? before I knew about Dan. I, well, do we I mean, have to go into it? Yeah, no. he, he, came, he came into a tough situation. The Flores stuff going on before it was. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Ah, uh, so. yes, I understand. He, I understand. And with that backdrop, he has acquitted himself remarkably in the middle mm. of all this. So yeah. nothing. Mm. Yeah. Katie, um, <laughs> this is going to probably release after Christmas. Do you like Christmas? Do you do things for Christmas? Do you have anything planned? I love Christmas. I love Christmas. I don't normally. So my family, I think my mom hates Christmas. I don't think she's ever going to admit that. But I think deep down she <laughs> loathes Christmas. And she decorates our house. She goes full out, you know. We, But we never really did the Christmas thing. Like Thanksgiving is a big holiday for our family. As we got older and everybody moved away, Christmas was kind of like, I remember one year I came back for Christmas. I think it was from college. And my mom was just like, oh, we got a cold cut platter and anybody just, you know, have at it. And I was like, ma, I don't eat cold cuts. <laughs> Never eaten cold cuts. What? What is this? You got the only food we have for today is a cold cut platter. She was like, yeah, whatever. It's, we don't really do Christmas. And from then on, I was like, okay, we don't really do Christmas. And so now um, I go to I go to Colorado for Christmas. I go do it with, uh, you know, Dan and his mom because it's just them two. And uh, Dan's mom loves Christmas. So now I'm realizing that like my Christmas muscles are a little weak. Like gift giving. Mm. Last year I went and sort of like – brought Nolan family gift giving energy, which is like, I don't know, I got that. You can return it if you don't like it. And yeah. they knocked it out of the park. And I was kind of like, damn, I got to step my game up for next year. So now this year, I'm like shipping presents to her house to get there and then wrap them for Dan. And it's a whole, it's fun getting back into, but I'm not, this year I did not decorate other than this. Festive. Uh, I did not, I did not decorate yes. my house because we're not going to be here. So you know, with all the cleaning and stuff I have to get done, I could not add an extra layer of like, and also decorate Christmas your house tree. for Christmas. But I think eventually when I'm the woman I'd like to be, my house will be decorated for Christmas. We'll have a nice tree. Um, we'll probably have like a party every Christmas where people come over, like not on Christmas, but like around in the area yeah. around Christmas. Um, I like it. I like it. I like hot chocolate. 
I like, um, I hate getting into the city right now. Getting into the city mm. sucks because I live in Hoboken and uh, that tunnel, both of them, just a uh, constant gridlock in December. So that part sucks. And moving around New York City in a car mm. sucks. But walking around with the snow and the lights, very nice. I was just going to say, that's the tough part because I love cities with Christmas decorations. It's yeah. big and light and wonderful and it makes me feel good. Yeah. But it's, you know, as it, it just being in that world, like if you have to just move in that world in your regular schedule, like yeah. Dan does a radio show from Sirius, which is right across from Rockefeller Center. And I'm like, that has to be the most annoying commute trying to get from there back to Jersey uh, at like seven o'clock. It's a mess. Um, And so I don't envy that. But all that aside, the actual, you know, Christmas of it all, I love. I love the holidays. You're supposed to just like everything that sucks, sucks, but is shiny, you know? So it's like, you'll take it. It sparkles. It may suck, but it's sparkly and sucks instead of just regular suck. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, I love nice Christmas. To get around, it's nice to get around people that care about it because I do feel yeah. like a little bit of like slight brokenness from it with my family. And I, I, I felt seen and how you described it as just like, I think it was one point in time, I think I was 14 and my mom kind of looked at us. We had the tree up and everything, the gifts. It was a great Christmas. And afterwards, she was like, so we, we're pretty much done with this, right? Like, yeah, they're like uh, she's like she's like I'm really it's just like it's getting too expensive. You guys are getting grown. Like I I don't I don't really feel like doing this anymore. Like you guys are good. Like we actually like, I give you guys gifts like throughout the year. Like whenever Dude, you ask, as soon as like, my mom really said it too, it felt like she had been waiting till the year it was allowed to go. And I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> it felt like such a relief to her to be like, so we're not doing this anymore, which she did with birthdays once we were like 10. Like we stopped having birthdays when we were, she just didn't, she was like, whatever. You just, you know, go hang out with your friends. You know, we didn't really do birthday presents or anything. We're just really not a, a gift. I feel like I might be a, a sneaky Jehovah's witness and just not even know it. We don't really do celebrations in our family. I had no idea when it happened and all of a sudden you found yourself just going door to door preaching the good yeah, word. Yeah, right? Like I've never knocked oh, on a door, man. but I, I all the rest of it, no birthday, no holiday, it's, no gift giving. I feel like that's right up our alley. Well, Katie, we love your birthday and we love Christmas Thanks. with you involved. And we love that you got engaged and are super happy about that. We're very excited for all the good feelings in your life. Thank you for spending an hour of your time with this us. This was it? This was the whole thing? We didn't talk about sports at all. No, it's the holiday special. We don't have to talk okay. about sports in this. We just want okay. to talk to you. What What do you eat on Christmas? I Ooh. eat a lot of... Actually, honestly, it's Is basically... Is it a ham holiday? It's basically just like Definitely. Thanksgiving duh. Because we yeah. do turkey no. and ham on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. It's most of the same sides. It's a green bean mm. casserole. It's a lot of rolls. You know what? Like, you might be on to something, Mike. Yeah. Like, just run it back. Like, everyone talks about loving Thanksgiving so much. I live that love. I bring mm. it back and I say, <laughs> hey, you don't have to be siloed off to one day. I fuck with Christmas. I fuck with Thanksgiving. And I say, let's just take the best parts and, like, now kiss. Like, yeah. <laughs> just Okay, do I'll say this. I say the difference between Thanksgiving and Christmas is when it comes to eating things, I feel like Christmas is more like if anyone does something well, they make it. Versus Thanksgiving is Ooh. people like try to make the different things. Mm. Right. Like so they, like I was gonna say, mm. like you were like you said when you said what do you eat on Christmas, I I my mind just went to well. 
Like, I was like, I don't know what I eat. I just eat well. I eat well during Christmas. Like, mm. Damn. Must be Good. nice. That's what it should oh. be. Okay, now wait. One more thing before I go. What is the most underrated Christmas movie? Ooh. So, well, we had an argument the other day because we just like we someone did a list on Twitter. So we did a list on the show about like your must like your must watch holiday movies during this Mm. season. Like not what the best are from everyone, like just yours. And Brandon's like fourth entry was The Proposal. And we realized... No, it's just Canadian and in Alaska. So it's like nice and cold, which in Brandon's <laughs> mind made it Christmas. Christmas. I mean, and, I get it. And on a lot during the holidays. So I, there's a there's a connected it's tissue. Like, yes. It's like, uh, what's ABC Family now? Is it Freeform? They just Freeform. show yeah, Harry Freeform. Potter a lot yeah. during the holidays. I'm like, yeah. what is this? Harry this Potter. Is the, there's a couple of those that are Christmas movies. I, I can't I've remember seen, which one. I've never one. seen Ooh, a single one. I've never read a single word. Really? Katie's mm-hmm. a, a Harry Potter novice. That's I abstain. Exciting. I'm a Goyam or whatever. Um, <laughs> my most under, it's a non-Jew, but it's, I, it, you know what I mean? I meant muggle, it like I'm not, like everybody else's, that's it, muggle. Um, there you go, yes. My most underrated is called The Ref. Most people have never seen it. It's Dennis Leary. It's very funny Dennis and Leary. very quotable. Um, you would love it's about a guy who like breaks into a home to like steal like to rob it but the family's there and then he has to like spend their christmas with them essentially and it's uh, hijinks ensue um and i think my must watches because you didn't ask but i will tell you um it's the the rudolph claymation oh yes she thinks i'm cute that one um do you the, do you also get horrified by the end credits where at one point when they're throwing the presents out of the sleigh they pick up a penguin that cannot fly yes, and just yes, throw him out of there yes, it was murder we watched yes. a murder and the the island of misfit toys i remember really upsetting me as a kid of like oh so all the people that nobody really likes that don't really fit in they all go to a sad cold glacial island together it's where so a monster weird. roams so okay, so that's I felt one. Seen. I Home felt Alone, seen I, yeah, I know, yeah. right? It, but Ooh. in a bad way. Home Alone is is also a must watch. Maybe Home Alone two, but definitely not Home Alone three. Like I don't need that. Don't do that. Uh, Elf is a must watch, and um, uh, Christmas Vacation. I think those are my must watches of Christmas movies. Why'd you make that face? Like I asked your opinion. No, you didn't. That's why I didn't say anything. I. I you well, don't like Christmas, Christmas Vacation. Is- Okay, I mean, I it, take it or leave it. I think it's yeah, hmm. yeah, take huh. it or leave it. I, oh, I would wow. say, I would say the underrated one for me, Jingle All the Way, with the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. and Sinbad. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. one yeah. is like, yeah. it's really good. It's really okay. Good. I will say, if you're looking for like a newer Christmas uh, movie that came out. Uh, Dan Levy was in um, Happiest Season that came out on Netflix in 2020, and it ended up being. A lot better than it had any right to be, given the circumstances. He essentially just gets to play the same character he was in Schitt's Creek, but it was wonderful. That's great. That's great. Is it not Levy? Is it Levy? Has it been Levy this whole time? I just sprinkle it in both ways because I'm unsure. And and now I will just just continue on unsure as well myself. I'm not going to Google it or look it up. And next time I go to say his name, I'm just not going to. That's what's going to happen there. This one with the right decision. this was Happiest a, a, a Hulu season. one. Look at that. Who's the blonde? Who's what actress is that? Kristen Stewart. It oh, is, that is it Kristen like Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then and then Young Levy, and then oh the Aubrey Plaza. People. Yes, yep. big Aubrey Plaza movie. There. Did you do White Lotus? 
I haven't yet. No, I want mm. to because I feel left out. Have you done it? Yeah, well, because I, I'm not doing anything. So I the other day started like binge watching it and got caught up just in time for the finale and then watched the finale. Yeah, I hate being left out of big TV two. moments. What? Season what? one, season two versus season one versus season two. Which do I like better? Yeah, vibes-wise, since you watched all of them kind of like back-to-back, I'm interested. I mean, I haven't watched season one in a while. I watched that when it happened. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Season two felt like there was more. Season one, I'm like, what is this? What's happening here? What is the point yeah. of this? It was kind of just mm-hmm. like ensemble cast. But then I think because yeah. it was established in season one, then season two, I was like, oh, I see what's happening. Someone's going to die and we're going to wait and figure out what of these storylines culminates in a death. Um, yeah, oh, I, yeah. Like I was, I was, I was more tolerable of the way they told the story this season. I'm almost like accepting because I got conditioned for the first season of like, right. So oh, I don't just, know it's if just, it's yeah. yeah. If I were being, if there were a gun to my head and I had to answer, I'd say probably two. But if I had to give an answer, I believed in, I'd go, I'd want to go back and watch the first season, see which one was actually better. But True. there was, more, I felt like there was a little bit more comedy in the first season than in the second yeah. season even just if you look at the actors it's like there were more comedic actors in the first one than in the second one but, is it um, is it as horny a show as it gives off i mean there's horny parts it's hbo so every now and then you're gonna see like the side or the under of a boob you know it's but probably like, it's probably a, a, a turn towards more horny than it had been uh i think no, I feel like the first season was narrative based was pretty horny wasn't it? Well, I'm, I'm saying for HBO in general, like oh, HBO yeah, yeah. is traditionally yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of horny, yeah. in my opinion. So, like, but it, I don't it think it's—I like don't think it leads. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily lead with horny, but it's like a vacation. It's a vacation resort, so it's like, you know, that's where people go and they like to have sex or whatever. So maybe you should stop being such a puritan. No, that's a fair point. Like, Listen, I'll accept. No, I'm just kidding. I'll accept. <laughs> I'll accept the criticism. Some, I'll try sex, and be better next time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just let sex into your life, Golik. Just like you know, embrace <laughs> it. Embrace your sexuality. There we go. I'm gonna go and get myself a pair of thousand dollar jeans. I'm gonna make sure my ass is looking right and tight, and I'm nice, gonna go out there and I'm nice. gonna embrace my sexuality. You better, girl. You mm. better. Merry mm. Christmas to all, Oof. and to all a good night. I gotta. I gotta send you. I gotta send you a flashlight. Oh my god, what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Oh, she gave you such a clean out right there Ugh. and you just went and stepped in it. Oh. Stop the recording, Brandon. We're done with this podcast now. Oh man. I'm sorry. Oh. Boom. Money in the bank. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.